welcome to Chip Chat Conversations in the Cloud, a podcast series focused on Intel Select Solutions, a suite of verified solution configurations that can help IT teams meet the demanding needs of a growing infrastructure. Here's your host, Jake Smith. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening to this podcast. My name is Jake Smith, and welcome to Conversations in the Cloud. And I would like to introduce Radhika Rangarajan, who is going to talk today about Intel Select Solutions for Big DL on Apache Spark. Welcome, Radhika. Thank you, Jake, for having me. It's my pleasure. You know, we both work at the same company, but you've been working on an area that has been especially core focus of Intel over the last decade. So can you talk a little bit about the work you're doing with Big DL on Apache Spark and what it does for the industry? Absolutely. So just to take a step back, what I do here at Intel is manage the data analytics and AI solutions engagement team, specifically targeting the ecosystem, comprises of the open source community, the cloud, cloud customers, as well as the enterprise space. So what my team does day in, day out is actually watch these trends that are happening in data analytics workloads and trying to push the envelope there to see what are the next set of workloads that are going to be landing in the cloud. What are the next set of analytics and AI workloads that could be helpful for the enterprise space? And we write software that we contribute back to the community and we make sure that all of these workloads and the software that we put out there run best on Intel hardware. So it's pretty much a community-driven effort, but targeted towards pushing the next-gen workloads in analytics for enterprise and cloud. And you mentioned Spark here. So Apache Spark has kind of evolved as a data center operating system, if I may say that. What used to be Linux for the traditional operating system world is what Apache Spark is in the world of data analytics. And that stack has been evolving from a data processing framework into an AI framework at this point. And there's plenty of efforts happening in the community, as well as with the leaders, such as Databricks, Cloudera, as well as in the CSP side of things, where they are trying to leverage the power of Spark and try to bring AI into this. So a lot of exciting work happening there, and obviously Intel has actually been one of the leaders in contributing to Apache Spark and AI-based workloads. That space, and you mentioned Big DL as well. It's one of the top-tier AI projects on Apache Spark that Intel has actually brought to the fore. So pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's very exciting. One of the things that's most interesting to me is that you spent time in, in, in 2015, went out of your way to found an organization called Women in Big Data. Can you talk about that initiative a little bit for our listeners? I'm so happy you mentioned that. It's something that's near and dear to my heart. About three years ago, obviously there was a lot of interest both inside Intel as well as in the tech community, shining the spotlight on what's happening with diversity and how is it that we don't have diverse individuals in the tech space. And we started looking inside and said, well, let's let's take a look at what's happening within our teams. So I started talking to my manager, Zia Ma, who's the VP of Data Analytics Technologies, and with Shala Arshi, who's the marketing director for our team at that time. 
And we looked around and we said, we don't see a whole lot of women in this space. So what do we do about it? So we went to Michael Green at Intel, uh, the VP of System Technology Optimization. And he told us, well, you know what? I'm going to support you all the way through. Talk to other people, your peers and other companies and see what we can do about it, improve diversity in big data analytics. And a bunch of us from different companies in the Bay Area, they got together at Intel in June of 2015. There are companies like Intel, Accenture, IBM, Cloudera. We got together, we said, okay, let's start an initiative, a grassroots initiative, and try to get more women into the space, and we're going to start with awareness. We're going to talk about what exactly big data means, what opportunities lie in the space, what are the skills needed to get into this space. Now we are 7,800 community of women worldwide. We have about 21 corporate and academic sponsors, and we have 15 chapters worldwide. And I just came back from giving a keynote at the Data Management Conference in Edmonton, Alberta, and we launched Alberta chapter there. You've taken an idea, and in less than three years, you've taken it global. You've taken it to 7,800-plus women and professionals to really expand the inclusiveness of the big data expertise around the world. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about your experience, your journey, for those young women out there listening to decide whether they want to be in this career or not. I've been with Intel for a long time. I started out as an intern. Uh, right out of school, after I did my master's in computer science, and I started writing applications for Intel manufacturing, doing statistical process control applications and middleware applications. Personally, for me, every two to four years, I like a new challenge. So I've been able to pick my bags inside Intel and move on to another group and go tackle another challenge. And I know people often ask, why haven't you actually moved out? Well, Intel is pretty large, and there's so many opportunities and business groups where, you know, if you get bored with doing one type of work, you will always find something else more interesting to do, something else to learn in another group. So, And I've been able to do that, moving about five jobs across sites inside Intel. You know, as humans, we all tend to, uh, initially, you tend to be passionate about something, and then it's common for your passion to wane out. You might plateau out. You just need to find what invigorates your passion in the next set of activities. If I may actually borrow and quote uh, Maya Angelou, your intent should not be just to survive, but to thrive. Uh, But to do so with passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style. That's what I actually share with all my WIBDers, my Women in Big Data uh, fellow members. And that's what unites us. And that's what I would actually share with all my community members, with anyone aspiring to get into the space. And that's what I tell my daughters as well. Find something you're passionate about. It's okay to actually make a mistake or two in the journey, but it's unforgivable if you're not passionate about what you're doing. And at Intel, I've been able to actually reinvigorate my passion and move along and find my next big challenge. That's outstanding. Uh, Great advice for young women out there. Let's talk about the business side for a minute. What is it about the work that our teams are doing with Intel Select Solutions for Big DL on Apache Spark with Xeon Scalable Processors and Intel Optane SSDs that really does make it so high performant and reliable? Sometimes we talk about the engineering work, but I know you've been working on this for a long time, as have your teams. There's so much emphasis on deep learning and AI-based workloads. A lot of companies are investing in this space. Obviously, Intel is investing heavily as a kind of a leader in this space as well. But we're really not seeing 
a whole lot of AI workloads landing with the pace of innovation. It doesn't match the pace of innovation. And if you think about it, the reason for that is what AI can do is magical, but the ingredients are extremely confusing. And if you don't actually know what ingredients to create your AI recipes with, you're not going to end up with anything useful. And that's exactly what a select solution does. I'm a baker myself, so I like to think of as a select solution as my measured ingredients to get an awesome AI recipe vetted and validated so you don't have to guess around. And this is the most common question that I get asked when I sit down with customers. Can you show me a reference stack? Where do I start? Well, that's your select solution. It tells you exactly what hardware ingredients you need, what software ingredients you need, so what kind of output and workloads performance you can expect out of it. We're building these capabilities to allow our customers to adopt technology quickly. But this talk about the analytic zoo support for Big DL. Can you give our listeners a little background about why unifying analytics and AI to support Big DL is so important? Now, if you think about the landscape of deep learning libraries, it's inundated with so many tools. Yes, Big DL is awesome. It's great for Spark. Then there's a TensorFlow. There's Paddle Paddle. There's Torch. There's Tiano. There's PyTorch. There's Keras. And there's probably another hundred other libraries that are going to get in this space. And data scientists, they are passionate about whatever library they have started working with. So one thing that's happening in the AI ecosystem, and we've also come to recognize and acknowledge is, there's not going to be a single library of choice. All these libraries have to coexist. However, if all these libraries have to coexist and take advantage of the underlying data analytics platform, it's important to realize that many of these libraries were not created with big data stack in mind. Well, big deal was an exception to that. But we are seeing an increasing trend where data scientists and data engineers want to take their library of choice and make it work and scale on the traditional big data stack. Now, when they do that, things break because these tools were not designed for that stack. So here's where we came up with something called the Analytic Zoo. And we are allowing our data scientists and developers to stick with their library of choice. You like TensorFlow, that's perfect. You like Big BL, even better. You want to bring Keras? All right, we can help you with that. Feel free to bring your library of choice, and you should be able to combine them, make them work with the underlying Spark ecosystem, and be able to conduct your training and inferencing and model serving as a unified pipeline. That's exactly what your analytics view delivers. That's the number one value prop of having something as analytics zoo. And the second important thing is, do we really want every developer, every customer out there to start afresh? Or is there an opportunity for us to give them a toolkit, give them a reference use case, a reference model, so they can just take that model and they just retrain with their specific data? That would totally reduce their time to solution. So if we can actually give them some built-in off-the-shelf models, it would help in reducing their cycle time and help them improve their productivity. So Analytics Zoo is targeted towards providing those rich deep learning models and reference use cases so it improves their productivity as they start deploying any of their libraries of choice on the underlying data analytics stack. So where can our listeners find out more, Radhika? The UCF slate, obviously all of these libraries have Git repos, but one of the best sources is software.intel.com slash AI. 
If you just went in there, you can go learn about Big Deal. You can learn about Analytics Zoo. You can also learn about all the other Intel initiatives for optimized framework. And finally, as our listeners start to think about the future of their big data deployments, their analytics and AI deployments, what do you see for the future? We all have to learn to coexist. There is going to be, I do anticipate, more innovation happening in this space, more tools inundating the stack. So what's going to be very important is interoperability. Model interoperability is something that we are already starting to see. All these models, these tools, these libraries, they have to coexist. Another important aspect is operationalizing. How do you simplify the deployment? Now, DevOps for AI is going to be a huge focus area in the next three to five years. Because unless we simplify how we land AI workloads, be it in cloud or on-prem, the pace of innovation in research is going to be far ahead than the pace of deployment. So I would like to thank you, Radhika Rangarajan, for joining us today on Conversations in the Cloud. As a fellow Intel employee, I couldn't be more proud of the work that you're doing. This has been Jake Smith. Wherever you may be listening to this, we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening.